Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 89. Hey, boss ladies. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, and I'm the founder of Cat Biggie Press and Write, Publish, Sell. I help women fulfill their book writing dreams through author coaching and publishing support. You can find out more at writepublishsell.co. Hey, y'all. I'm Aubrey Mathis, owner and founder of Today May Suck, a comfort gift company providing gifts for your peeps going through the suckiest of times. You can find me at www.todaymaysuck.com or join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Comfort Corner. Have a happy day. So, Aubrey, I was looking at our website the other day and I'm thinking that with the pivot that we've done over the last year or so since you came on board, we might want to redesign some of the stuff. I don't know. What do you think? I think we need to be more intentional about the live bravely and maybe rebrand towards that. Live bravely without a cape. You know, lose the cape and live bravely. Yeah. And I think I was actually thinking about the, do you remember interviewing lovely little design company, Alex? Like I really like her stuff. She was so cute. Yes. Loved her little background. And I think that's kind of, I think she would fit. I think she would make a a good fit for us to work with. Yeah, I do too. We'll have to check out her, her stuff some more because we need some, we need some new stuff. Speaking of our live bravely series today, we have a really important episode Um, about addiction and recovery and managing life after addiction. So we're talking with Tiffany Jenkins of the Juggling the Jenkins blog. And while this is a super heavy topic and we get really, really uh, into some pretty deep stuff, she is freaking hilarious. And I just know you're going to love her. And be sure to follow her at the Juggling the Jenkins blog on um, both on Facebook and on the web. And I hope you enjoy the show. It's a really important episode, so please listen and share it. Thanks so much. And you can get to all of our show notes and all the information that we talk about at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 89. <sighs> Sorry, Tiffany. We're a little, little, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. We have a very special episode for you all today. We are interviewing Tiffany Jenkins, who is a blogger and a motivational speaker. Tiffany is a wife, mother of three, and a recovering addict with 4.5 years sober, which is really a wonderful accomplishment. She sponsors other women in recovery and shares her story at various meetings around the city. Tiffany uses humor and raw honesty as she shares the struggles and victories that go along with learning to be a protector productive member of society, as well as raising three little people to do the same. Um, She blogs at jugglingthejenkins.com, and we are just really happy to talk to you. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because you messaged me and said, I'm not an entrepreneur. Is that going to (laughs) disqualify me for being on the show? And and while we have a lot of uh, people who are working moms and entrepreneurs, we, Aubrey and I have a real passion for sharing stories that matter and talking with people who have overcome significant challenges in their lives. And I can't think of a more significant challenge really. So (laughs) welcome and thank you for sharing with us. Ah, thank you. I'm excited. So can you just tell us a bit about your experience with addiction and um, how it started, how it ended, how you went into recovery? 
all that good yes, stuff. Yes, absolutely. All the things. Yes. All the things. <laughs> um, well, the reason that I started um, using to begin with was ignorance. I wasn't aware of the consequences that came along with it. I didn't know about withdrawal or addiction. Somebody just offered me a drug and said, this is fun, you'll like it, you should try it. They never said, here, this is gonna destroy your life, ruin every relationship you've ever had, and turn you into a criminal, a thief, and a liar. Had I received wow. that warning, <laughs> I probably would have given it a second thought. Um, so I started taking it um, just for fun, and then there was a night where I started to feel sick. And my best friend said, just take another one and you'll feel better. And she was right. I did. And that was the night that I stopped taking them because I wanted them and started taking them because I needed them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was um, opiates. And so my body would literally um, revolt and it felt like my bones were growing out of my body and I had the worst flu of my life if I didn't have the drugs. So what exactly are opiates, just for those of us who don't know anything? About oh, okay. Opiates are pain medication. Okay. So like the things the doctor would prescribe you if you broke your arm. Okay. Um, roxycodone in particular, and then it um, progressed to Dilaudid for me. And so I, I had no injuries. There was no reason for me to be taking them other than I was a rebellious young adult and wanted to feel different. Um, yeah. I had a lot going on that I wanted to not, not have to deal with. And the minute that I took them, it was like a warm hug and I just felt numb. So how so, old were you when you started taking them? Um, dabbling when I was um, 18, I became hardcore addicted around 2021. 20, okay. So, and then at what point in time did you marry and have children? Um, when I was in recovery. Oh, okay. Okay, so, good. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's good there. I, I went through a lot of really dark days. Um, I was actually um, with a police officer, dating a police officer for about three and a half years and hiding my addiction from him. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, that <laughs> I'm sorry. Are these, these aren't like what I guess we would call like street drugs then. So you have to go get a prescription for these or? You can. If you have a legitimate reason, you can. Um, but for me, I, I didn't get a prescription. I bought them off of people who had prescriptions. Wow. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, so what happened with a cop? Yeah, <laughs> like your curiosity <laughs> goes there. <laughs> it was, it's really sad, actually. I, um, I had been clean for about four months when I'd met him. And I had gotten out of a rehab. My mom had passed away and I found out I was receiving a trust fund. So I checked myself into rehab because I didn't want to spend any of the money on drugs. I knew I'd kill myself. So uh, four months after getting out of rehab, I met him and I thought, oh, this is perfect. This is, I can't relapse if I'm with a police officer. Um, but the thing about addiction is it really doesn't care who you're dating. Um, and so so it snuck up on me. I had a weak moment and I, I took a drug one night. And the minute that I take a pill, my mind kicks in overdrive and I, it's never enough. I need to have more and more and more. And when I saw that I could get away with it and still be in this relationship, that's what I did. I hid wow. it from him and everybody. Wow. So then at what point then did you realize I can't do this anymore? I've got to stop. I've got to get clean. Well, I always knew in the back of my mind that I didn't want to do it anymore. That's the thing about addiction is you don't want to steal from everyone. You don't want to constantly lie and have to put a mask on in the morning. 
and pretend like you're something that you're not. I didn't want to do it, but I didn't have any idea how to stop because the physical dependence was so severe and the mental dependence was even more so. I felt like in order to do a load of laundry, I needed to take a pill and then it progressed into me injecting them. And so I would be kissing him in the living room and then walk into the bathroom and inject drugs into my veins. Wow. Yeah. And it's really sad because he was, he was an incredible guy. And I don't know if he just, he didn't want to know or if I was that, that great at manipulating and lying. Um, but I ended up stealing from him to support my habit because I knew if I had gotten caught that the, the life that we had built together, quote unquote, would be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So there was no lengths that I wouldn't go to, um, to not remain high, which included stealing from him and his family. My choice to get clean was not my choice. I was arrested by his friends, my friends, um, for stealing. They had caught me. Oh my goodness. I can, I can only imagine. This is the struggle of the juggle. So don't, don't worry about him being there. We are, <laughs> we are I'm like, being part of this. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I know uh, how hard it is when you have a little one who's sick. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Ev evidently I have one quote unquote sick. She oh, can't no. decide though if it's her ear or her stomach or her head. She just wants to come home. So fingernail. <laughs> yes, I'm messaging the nurse right now. No, She's she had fine. a different. She, she had a, a different. Fever. Yes, that's it. She had a different ailment when she left, and now she's saying it's something else. Oh, so. I remember those days. Well, I can only imagine, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like tearing up even thinking about what that, I'm sorry, I'm just emotional in general these days, but I can only imagine oh. what it would be like to not only get busted, but to get busted by people that you knew about and cared about and, and how awful that must have been for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. In, in a split second, I went from being on their side. Mm -hmm. I had been to their baby showers and their weddings and they'd come over. And in a split second, I was reduced to just a junkie piece of crap who broke their friend's heart. Oh and my gosh. I deserved it. I mean, you know, I deserved the hateful looks while I was walking through the precinct to the in interview room. Um, I, I did. I, I shattered his heart. He, he thought life was one way. But it was, it was a lie. Every second of it was a lie. And, and that was never my intention in the beginning. But I got so caught up in, in my addiction that by the time I, I tried to slow down, it was, it was it, impossible. But the interesting Felt. thing is that obviously you must have been very high functioning even when, when high. Right. I was. And that's the thing is that he, he was such a great person that he supported me financially, um, and emotionally. So I would go to work and every penny that I made would go to drugs. He never questioned me because he just mm -hmm. wanted to take care of me. I've never met anyone with a heart as pure as his was. The thing that made him happy was taking care of people. So he, I didn't have to worry about, um, anything when I was with him. And so I was able to put, when I say I put on a show for 24 hours a day, it was a show. I, everything that came out of my mouth was a lie. I borrowed money until I couldn't borrow anymore. Then I began stealing 
And that was when things kind of spiraled out of control. I began pawning his things. Oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> that becomes a little obvious. <laughs> yeah. I, th I thought, but that's a thing is like, you think that you're so smooth. And also part of you doesn't care about yeah. the consequences. You're like, I'll, I'll find a way out of this once I'm high. I, I'll be able to think clear once I'm high. Yeah. Wow. Oh it's goodness. insane. <laughs> so you were arrested. That relationship ended badly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it did. And then you were forced into treatment again, I'm guessing. Well, when I was arrested, I was arrested with like 27 felonies. And I <laughs> had never been in trouble in my entire life. Um, he ended up writing a letter to the judge and saying, you know, she's not a terrible person. She needs help. So they, they dropped some of those. Wow. I was given a choice when, when I was in jail to either um, do my time and get probation or do my time and go to a six-month residential treatment program. And I knew that unless I fixed up here, I was going to continue to do the same thing as soon as they released me. I needed to know why I was doing this, mm -hmm. why I felt the need to mask. And so I chose the rehab. Smart choice. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. And the, it's the choices after that moment, every choice I made led to the life that I have today. So that after the rehab, I, I had an, my father got uh, sober 15 days before I did. Um, he had been an alcoholic my entire life. So I was given a choice upon leaving the rehab to go live with him or to go to a halfway house. And, um, I knew that I was ready to have some freedom, but I still needed accountability. And if I was left to my own devices at my father's house, I would be free to roam the streets and I can manipulate him if I wanted to. So I chose to go to a halfway house and it was in that halfway house that I met my husband and got pregnant. Oh, <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I don't know. You said your dad was an alcoholic. So I mean, I truly believe addiction is hereditary. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that may have played a part too in your... Um, I, I grew up in bars because when we would go with visitation um, with my dad, he would bring us to the bar with him. Like we oh, would wow. be playing on the jukebox and stuff and we thought it was so cool. And we didn't realize how messed up it is to bring like a five and six year old into a bar with you. But it was what we knew. My mom was a bartender. She always had parties at the house. So I think that there was, there was more deep-rooted things um, leading up to my addiction. I had a lot of self-confidence issues and insecurities. And um, I had, you know, feelings of neglect somewhat in growing up. Sure. So, yeah, so I, I, as soon as I found something that made me feel different, I was like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to worry about, you know, who the person I am or my insecurities. I just felt calm all the time. It, it makes you numb. Um, and so, yeah, so we, my, when I, I got pregnant after dating, um, my now husband, we were dating for two months when I, I got pregnant and, um, we decided that a marriage was probably the best route to go. Might as well lock this thing up. <laughs> we had a baby coming. <laughs> Um, and so we were married five months after meeting and, um, we had a son. He was born on my birthday oh. and, uh, when he was six months old, I got pregnant 
with my daughter. Oh boy. So we're just getting like it out of the way. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> getting it all out of the way at once. So um it was it was terrifying initially when I when I fell pregnant, fell pregnant. Like it's a like it's a disease. I fell pregnant <laughs> when I got pregnant in the halfway house, but it was motivation that I didn't know I needed. I started busting my butt and saving my money. And we lived separately my entire pregnancy so that we could continue to work on ourselves individually. That's great. Do you think your pregnancy has also attributed a big part to your sobriety because you actually was selfless? I mean, you gave Mm. up something. You couldn't give it up for the boyfriend, but yet you could for this human that you were carrying. Yes. At the time that I got pregnant, I had 10 months clean. Um, and I was feeling pretty, pretty solid in my recovery at that point. I knew that I couldn't, I didn't want to go back, but the kids definitely was like, okay, it's not just about me anymore. Not only am I clean, but now I'm in charge of raising this little human. So it it gave me the motivation that I needed to start working on becoming a productive member of society, getting a home, getting a vehicle. I didn't have a job or a car and I was living in a room with another woman when I got pregnant and yeah, by the time uh, my daughter was born, we had um, we had our own home. We had two vehicles. We both had jobs. Um, yeah, and then uh, as soon as my um, youngest was born, my daughter, we acquired um, full full time uh, custody of my stepdaughter. Um, she's with us full time, not technical custody, but she lives with us full time. So I had I, in the span of two years, I went from being like. A, single sexy bachelorette to a mother of three (laughs) and it was very drastic change for me but I found humor in it and I decided to document it so then is that when you started um blogging yes so at what point then did you decide okay I have a story to tell that needs to be shared and I want to help other people with this um so when did that all come in? How did the speaking start? And, and, and how often do you do that? That was a lot of questions. Answer so, it. I think I got it. I'm ready. Um, I, I had always um, shared my story at meetings and I went back. I got to go back to my high school. I was captain of the cheerleading squad in high school. Wow. And um, I, I got to go back and talk to the cheerleaders about addiction. Two months after taking my first drink, I went from being captain of the cheerleading squad to dropping out of high school completely. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So it was a really good thing for me to be like, Hey y'all, it might seem fun today, but you know, th- this is what happened to me. Um, and I re- the thing about the program that I used to get clean, it's a 12 step program. Um, and it's, it's anonymous. The word anonymous is in it. A lot of people for reasons of careers or family members who aren't aware of their addiction, they like to remain anonymous. They're not, they don't talk about it. And I totally get and respect that. For me, my addiction was such a huge part of my life and it shaped the person that I am today. So there's no way that I could not talk about it right. because it, it is me. And I, I have had, my inbox has been peppered with messages from people who are like, hey, I saw the post about you um, going back to the high school. My brother has an addiction. And then I realized that there were people not knowing really who to turn to to talk to about addiction. So I wanted to like be a voice about it. I wanted to be like, hey, I, I lived in the dark, desolate alleyways. I ate garbage out of dumpsters. I, I had a really rough time, but look, I made it out. 
I'm okay. And not only am I okay, I'm having a wonderful life. Like a life after recovery is possible. And it started off with like a blog post. And then people just started messaging me left and right, thanking me. And it made me feel really good. So I was like, hey, maybe, maybe I can talk about this and it'll help people. And it just kind of grew from there. Do you, um, do you have moms reaching out to you in particular ever to say, hey, I'm an addict and I need help. I don't know how to deal with this. Um, I have all types of people reaching out to me, but definitely mothers um, because the, uh, no, I had experienced um, postpartum depression after I had my daughter mm-hmm. and I, I made a post about that. I was vocal about it. And so many mothers were like, wow, I've been so ashamed. I didn't want to talk about it. How do you talk about resenting your kid, your newborn baby who hasn't done anything to you? How, how do you say, hey, I don't want to take care of my child? Yeah. So when I said that, it kind of opened up the doors for other people to talk about it. And um, being a mom is hard enough, but being a mom in recovery is even harder. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, do you know who Jen Simon is? I don't. She is also a blogger and freelance writer. And um, I think it was last summer. Let me see. June 6, 2016. Yeah. So almost exactly a year ago. She... Um, she wrote on the Washington Post, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm an addict. And, um, and she came out and same thing, like postpartum depression. She's, you know, and wrote this article about the fact that she was addicted to opioids. And, you know, it was so interesting to watch the just like insane responses to it mm. from from all these people saying, how can you be so crazy to be taking drugs while you're home with your kids? All the way to, oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming out with this. Thank you so much for talking about it. It's so important. And, you know, it, it would just... I think that there's probably a lot more people who can resonate with your story than mm-hmm. those who can't, I guess is what I'm getting well, at I, there. And right. Maybe not as dramatic, but. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't know if anybody's experienced that. The Daily Mail picked up a story uh, story about me and asked to do an interview for me when they saw one of my blogs published on a website. So I agreed to it and I thought it was going to be like inspirational. Like, look, this lady went from, you know, hardcore drug use to a mom and they posted pictures of me during my using and in my recovery and they post 95% during my using and a couple of my recovery and the backlash that I received from people was, I didn't read the comments. I read two of them and I was like, Nope, I can't do this because people, people are going to be hateful no matter what you could post a picture of a a puppy licking an apple and they'd be like, Oh, look at that dog putting germs on that apple. That's disgusting. (laughs) They're probably poisoning that puppy. (laughs) It doesn't matter what it is. So I'm not letting that stop me from being a voice for addiction. Wow. That's awesome. I think even, and I'm not like comparing any sort of addictions or anything, but Alexa knows I am extremely addicted to caffeine. Like over the top, I have to stop. But um, alcoholism. (laughs) She downs her 24 pint uh, coffee. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I think I will make my coffee with Red Bull, you know, it's like, I have that. but it's that I have to have that when I get down, I need that 
Uh I can't, you know, go without it, but alcoholism runs in my family. Addiction runs in my family. Mm -hmm. So I know, I knew from kind of a small age, like I'm either going to drink one beer when we go out or I'm going to get like wasted. There's no Uh like happy medium in between. So I have to really watch it because I do have an addictive personality. Right. Um, so I think you coming out and sharing your story for us stay-at-home moms who are like, oh, we can't say that out loud. You know, our coffee is just our coffee. No, you're really, really? addicted to it, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. in a sense. So stop it, judging, bitches. Right? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> well, oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it, we have alcoholism in our, in our family, too. No, um, no drug abuse that I know of other than, you know, every, there's plenty of people I'm sure that have done some recreational experimenting. <laughs> not, not naming any names. No. But um, my my uncle actually um, died in a prison bed uh, mm. from uh, liver disease. Uh, what's it called? When cirrhosis. Psoriasis. Cirrhosis. Uh-huh. Cirrhosis. Not cirrhosis. That's completely different. I was like, I the liver. So I mean, uh-huh. I, I can completely understand how it can go so dramatically so fast and it just happened that one bad choice led to another led to another led to another um but i i i would say from the perspective of a mom it's scary to admit something that you feel could jeopardize you and your children you having your children like there was a, a a I lost an infant daughter and then we went through a year of her twin sister going through all kinds of hospitalization and therapies and all kinds of stuff that piled on the fact that I had three children way too close together, which I'm sure you appreciate that plus the grief that I didn't deal with. Well, that plus the stress of all of them, that plus I didn't like being a stay at home mom. And I was just, you know, all these things piled together. Um, I'm not going to lie. There was a time period where I may have started sneaking some, <laughs> some coconut rum into my Kool-Aid at about right. nine o'clock in the afternoon because, right. and I mean, I wasn't getting sloshed or anything, but I needed something to just take the freaking edge off. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and that's not really something that I've ever admitted. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, Good for you for getting it out there. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's uh, um, another blogger that I know and adore. And she recently started blogging about her wine addiction and how she went completely. um, She cut it out completely because she realized that she needed that wine, one glass, two glasses, a bottle, whatever, every night to, to, Uh to face life. And she was like, this is a problem. So I I think that, um, uh, all that to say, like, it's, it's not something that's, I think we like to pretend that it's something that only happens to a small (laughs) segment of people and they must be Uh really bad. But in reality, it's it's all of us. Uh, okay, right. I'm sure there's someone listening to this going, not me. I've never done right. it. Never- uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I just called out when I said stop. But I mean, life is hard. Oh my gosh, life is hard. Being a mom is hard. Nobody told me that there were days I could understand why people do the crazy shit that they do. Not to say that I would ever do that, but I right. get it. Mm-hmm. Nobody warned me about that, and. 
Uh, my goodness. I'm sorry. We just totally derailed from your story yeah. there. But That's no, well, it, it relates to it. Yeah. It's, it's so important though. I think that we talk about it because I think people need to know that it's okay to have those feelings and it's mm -hmm. okay to, it's, it's okay to reach yeah. out and talk to people about it. It's, it's imperative that you reach out and talk to people about it yeah. actually, because if you keep it inside, it gives it power. And the moment you speak it out into the universe, you're, you're getting it out and you're opening yourself up to advice and information and help. Yeah. Um, and I, after I had my daughter, I, I did not, I didn't want to care for her. I was like, God, she needs her diapers changed. And I yeah. feed her. She yes. just makes this noise. And it, it was making <laughs> Why is me she crazy. making a noise? <laughs> Why is she so needy? Um, and I was like, it's a good thing I don't do drugs anymore, honestly, because yeah. I would, I would, you know, so I, uh, I reached out to my doctor and I said, is it normal to want to run out of the house and not care for your children? Yeah. And he said, more normal than you'd imagine. Let's, here's a treatment plan. But yep. we don't see that. We don't see that side being projected. So exactly. many people like me or other moms get super overwhelmed with the daily thing and we have these feelings and then we think there's something wrong with us and we're terrible people and you know uh -huh. all that stuff so i don't know we might play this episode for like three months straight <laughs> well, I was just thinking, um, Tiffany, everybody gets the you, message um, <laughs> have you ever thought of writing a book because i think you should and i know someone who can help you with that <laughs> yeah I have, and you know, I actually have started and stopped a hundred times. Um, you need to talk to Alexa after this. <laughs> okay. Yes. You need to join my author coaching program. No. I would love to. I've had so many people tell me that, and I have. I've sat down, and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know the first thing. I Googled about it about how to do it. But that's the thing about Google. I have a love-hate relationship with Google. Okay. On one hand, there's so many amazing resources because my young adult years were spent getting high and finding ways and means to get high. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't stop to learn how to balance a checkbook or do my taxes or right. how to cook chicken. So <laughs> now that I'm a, an adult um, and not using drugs, I have to look that stuff up because I'm clueless. Um, Wow. So it's helpful for that. But on the other hand, my son has a rash and I Google, yes. my son has a rash on his leg. And within 24 hours, I'm convinced he's going to die of yes. skin yes. cancer. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I take everything I Google with a grain of salt. So, so I don't, I've gotten so many mixed um, pieces of advice about writing a book that I, I just, I'm like, Ugh, tomorrow, I'll look it up again tomorrow. Well, we'll have to chat tomorrow. That's actually my forte is getting people through that part of the, there's so much information. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. But right. I don't know why Aubrey just did that. <laughs> now it's well, like, because <laughs> I was just, I'm sorry. I was thinking Tiffany needs to write a book and I need to put that out there. So, I mean, because I think that needs to be, it needs to be out there. This story, uh, because the story doesn't I mean, need to be out there. Well, not you know, yeah. that, but you could write a kick-ass memoir and have it turned into a, series or a movie or something and then at least, i mean think about the possibilities lifetime, at, at least, least a lifetime, lifetime movie i mean exactly. the cheerleader in lifetime. later you're a dropout you know right I mean, just, well I mean, that's what i was gonna do is a memoir um but the way that it's i'm sorry is it okay that i'm not that i'm you're fine do what you gotta okay. do you know if he needs to eat that whole box of vanilla wafers we understand <laughs> did you see me thrust it at him 
Ruby had sour cream and onion Pringles for breakfast on the way to school because she wouldn't even eat them at home. So she's in the car. Like I just sent her a teacher a text. I'm sorry for Ruby's bad breath this morning. She had sour cream and onion chips. Oh my gosh. This so, my, yes. Uh, sorry. On my a blog right now, actually what I'm doing is I started a series on my blog called 120 days in my time in jail. And, um, just some, just some light reading. Yeah. Light writing. <laughs> you can, it's a good bedtime story for the kids if you're looking for something. Um, but it started off like I just wanted to talk about it in case anybody was on the fence about whether or not jail was right for them. Yeah, right. Um, and then it, it went to 22 <laughs> chapters, um, a different chapter every week. And I was amazed at the amount of people that got invested in this. Oh, yeah. Like they're called... They're calling me like, you need to give me a sneak peek. What's going to happen to Cheryl? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. So it was well, coming to an end. your book then. I know. I'm starting a new series tonight, actually, about what happened before, what led to me going to jail. So the way that that last series ended was me sitting down with the counselor at rehab and her talking to me about what brought you here. And um, I left it. I left it there. Um, open-ended so that, sorry. Okay, well, what would you like to watch, my love? Having kids is hard. Having kids and trying to do anything while you PJ have Mass? kids is hard. Um, I went on a fourth grade field trip PJ yesterday. Mass? 64 10-year-olds, Alexa, and out of 64, only 18 are girls. It was the smelliest <laughs> field trip ever. Oh my gosh, yeah. where did you okay. guys go? The Sorry, Dr. Aubrey Pepper and I were just the, Dr. What? Pepper, the Dr. Pepper, the Dr. Pepper oh no! Museum. And then they all got hyped up on caffeine. They got oh, to make geez. their own soda. There's I mean, a museum? It was pure, yeah, for Dr. Pepper. I'm in Waco. There's a Coke one in Atlanta. <laughs> oh my God. And you is, can is it just bottles on display? Oh. Pretty much. Pretty much just <laughs> bottles on display. Nice. Yes. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry. So you were talking about your new series? That's okay. Yeah, no, that was it. I just, um, I, I'm starting off at the point of the things that led up to me going to jail. So it's kind of, and after that, I plan on maybe doing rehab. Um, so it's, this is like a prelude to, to what led to where I was. So people know what happened once I got clean, but they don't know um, what it was like for me. So to take them back to the dark days so they can fully grasp the magnitude of rehab and, and the obstacles that I overcame there. I think it's crucial for them to know where I came from. Absolutely. So in essence, I'm kind of like giving it all away for free on my blog. So writing a it's book okay. would be. No, it's okay. And I'm about to give you some free advice here. I have a, um, <laughs> no, I have a friend actually um, who wrote a book about her. She lived a wild and crazy life living overseas in China and eventually met a French guy and moved to France, got married, had kids, all this crazy stuff. But her story is so interesting. And she started it out on her blog and she did exactly the same thing each week or once a month or however often it was, she would release a chapter. And mm. she got all of these people like so into her story. She decided to write the book. 
she took it all mm. off the website and, and they all went and bought the book because they're like, I have to know what happened when you were in China and the tarantula came out of the toilet or whatever, you know, oh my God. <laughs> that didn't even really happen in the book. Oh, it sounded good. <laughs> it should have been in there. So, so yeah, you can, and it's a great way to build um, intrigue and, and get your audience going and then just take it all down. And awesome. And sell it. On my own. Leave um, a couple chapters and say, if you want to find out what happens, here's the link right? to my Amazon page. <laughs> yes, that's genius. I just got a whole bunch of new followers because I posted a video on my blog Facebook page of me trying to eyebrow stamp. And it, it has like 116 or 17,000 views in just a couple of days. So um, wow. I don't know why people think it's so funny. I don't get it. But everybody's loving it and sharing it. So um, uh, I'm growing my audience slowly but surely. Uh, uh, eyebrow stamp? Yes. You haven't heard of it. Mm, I've heard of people doing the, whatever it's called, where they go in and they get tattooed or whatever. Is uh, that the same thing? No, different no. thing? Oh, this, educate it, us. It's on my Facebook ad every five seconds. And it <laughs> shows these girls in the mall and it's makeup with a stamp. And you stamp it and then you put it on your eyebrow and they're always like, oh my gosh, look at Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and they make it look so great. So I was like, I have to try this. So I videotaped myself trying it. And I looked like, it looked like caterpillars <laughs> on my face. It was a disaster. I just Maybe ended up giving up and throwing it. we need to do on our page, Aubrey, to get people That's to what, oh my gosh. Yeah, we're, we need to go share her eyebrow stamp experience. I mean, I don't even understand the concept of how that would work with everyone's I mean, eyebrows what's wrong being. just using a pencil? It's well, because... So Listen, if I drew my eyebrows in today, if they weren't here, there's like three hairs on each side. I, I, it looks like I have none. So I need all the help I can get, but I, I'm terrible at makeup and being yeah. a girl. So I was like, let me get Really? This because makeup. your eye makeup is incredible. I've been I know. Listening. And your eyebrows you look great. Thank you. I, I knew this was happening today, so it, I put a lot of effort Extra into effort. myself. Usually well, I look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Well... Yeah. Well, I wish it. that's what was showing up on my ads every five minutes. The ad that I get all day long every day is the damn yoga swing. And I'm like, why is that in my feed? Because I would break my neck if I bought that thing and tried to hang it right down off of the floor. Oh my gosh, swing. that's so funny. I really need to click on why am I seeing this ad? Because I would right. love to know what I visited, what I did that made them think the yoga swing was the fit for me. Yes, oh that, is that is hilarious. So well, oh um, you don't even want to know what's on my ads because my business is called Today May Suck. Today may well, suck. now I do. So I oh, have all kinds of Viagra. <laughs> oh, my god! No, I am serious. I'm not even joking. And somebody on Instagram um, who makes shirts with penises on them like <laughs> is like liking everything. I'm like, do not hashtag with the uh. words. <laughs> in it <laughs> because oh my I'm like that wasn't smart and my my business is very heart centered it's just acknowledging bad days right so i really i'm gonna start hashtagging today may suck comfort gifts yeah. and hopefully that oh takes out the um i wouldn't even do that i would love those ads all day it is quite hilarious but um it's crazy <laughs> and i'm like why am i 
I mean, my Facebook looks like porn. What is this? <laughs> no wonder you and your husband have such a healthy relationship. You're yeah, fueled all day long. All day long is stimulation. <laughs> Oh so That's yeah, hilarious. it's kind of, I, I finally figured it out the other day. I was like, where's all this coming from? I figured, oh my God, uh, I used the word suck. <laughs> now we know. Mm-hmm. All right, Tiffany, let's bring this back to you. Um, yeah. So you started, yes. Jeez, started, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you've started doing speaking engagements locally. Do you have plans on, um, on expanding further? Um, I'm not sure. I just, um, when, whenever I am asked to, to speak or share, I always say yes immediately. Um, I don't let my fear get in the way or anything. I always say yes, because it's more beneficial for me than it is for the people listening. Right. Um, if, and if that makes sense to see like something click in their heads while I'm talking and to be able to put it in a way that they're able to absorb it because I'm talking to them, not just at them. It's incredibly rewarding. So um, I I would love to expand if possible, but there's so much happening in life right now that I'm just kind of like going with the flow, seeing what doors open for me. Well, when you're ready, we need to connect you with Jessica Rasdell. She, uh, <laughs> do you know who she is? I don't. I just love all these connections, you guys. Well, she, um, <laughs> she, how old was she? Twenty, twenty-one. Um, she, no, I don't, maybe. Oh, I would be lying. I, I think she was not quite twenty. It, maybe in that in that age frame, she and her um, best friend went out drinking, and. Um, she was driving home, crashed the car. Her best friend died on impact and she Mm. wound up in the hospital and um, wound up going to jail, wound up being charged, prison, prison, not just jail, prison for what, three years for a long time. And, um, and she has taken her experience. And after that started speaking at high schools, the same thing. And she's really developed a huge speaking platform. So she, she would have a lot of good tips and advice to share with you on um, her, her kind of tagline motto is turning your mess into a message. And she really yes. helps you create a story that people want to hear more without telling those little things that you're not, that you don't want to share. Maybe other people's part of the story that right. need to be intertwined. So she's really good at creating that. Yeah. Awesome. Good yeah. for her for doing that too. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we'll put you in contact with her. She'd be a great resource for when you decide yeah. you're ready to expand your speaking circuit. Um, Thanks. All right, so uh, drop your uh, your places. People can find you so they know where to go read your uh, story before it's not free anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so my, it's jugglingthejenkins.com. Awesome. is my blog. And then uh, Facebook is www that facebook.com slash juggling the Jenkins blog. I put uh, weird videos on there. So um, <laughs> we like weird. <laughs> yeah, they aren't on my actual blog, but they're on my Facebook page. Okay. And yeah, I just um, am basically documenting what it's like to be a mom after a life of adu- um, addiction. I'm just now learning to be an adult. I'm just now learning how to, how to survive in the world without the use of drugs and alcohol. And I also have three little kids um, who I'm trying to raise to do the same thing. So my life is hilarious and crazy. And, um, and I just like sharing that. And so 
Um, I really appreciate this opportunity too. Yeah, absolutely. For those of us with small children, we know how much of a trigger that could potentially be to get back on the- <laughs> Right, right, right. So, Hop back so, on the way. So, so um, the, the interesting thing is learning to cope with small children and the stresses that come along with that without the use of drugs and alcohol. Because for my entire life, that was my one and only coping mechanism. The one tool in my toolbox. That's how I dealt with everything. If I was happy, sad, bored, mad, drugs, um, to feel different. And now, um, through the 12 step program and the meetings that I attend and advice from fellow people in recovery, I've been able to fill my toolbox with tons of other coping mechanisms, such as much needed me time. Mm. When you're going, 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 it's easy to give so much of yourself that you're literally an empty battery with nothing left to give. And you, you can't pour from an empty cup. So I, so I know the importance of recharging my battery. So I demand it in my family. Like, hey, I'm going to go to the store without any children. I'm going. And I'm going to listen to rap music really loud on my way. And um, just kind of to recharge. So that's important. Self-care is huge um, for me. And um, meditating, as cheesy as it sounds, no, sometimes <laughs> my mind is going, going, going. Meditation is a way to kind of turn your mind off and go somewhere else for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, and well, coffee, I love obviously. that you say you coffee. demand yeah. it. That you I demand it. I, we don't. I don't. I know. I don't demand it. Like I, I say, oh, I'm gonna go to the store by myself. Oh, but I want to go with you. And I give it, okay, just get in the car. And I'm like, oh, I really needed that 30 minutes at the dollar store by myself. (laughs) Right. Well, the thing is I can be really hard on myself. Like if I'm on my computer working, doing my job, I wonder, am I neglecting my children? If I'm rolling around on the floor with my kids, it's like, am I neglecting my job? If I, God forbid, sit down on the couch for five seconds, um, I feel guilty. And I'm like, oh, I could be loading the dishwasher. I could be folding laundry. I could be doing this and that. And so I have to remember that I'm human. I'm not superwoman, even though sometimes I think I may be, um, but (laughs) I'm not. And so I need to take it easy on myself. And that's why I demand it because of course my husband's not going to be like, hey babe, why don't you go, uh, go take some alone time and you know he's never going to suggest it if i if i have to leave the house without the children he's like well what am i going to do uh-huh. i'm like feed them and change their diapers and you'll be fine so i have to kind of like demand it otherwise i'll lose my mind you know it's it's interesting that your first thing was the me time because well, that's one of our big big deals and we almost always ask that question you know while you're juggling everything that goes along with being a, a busy mom how, what uh-huh. do you do for me time how do you fit it in and you know it's sad to me how many times people actually say they don't yeah and we've had most i would say it's probably 3 four, 3 quarters say they they do and they'll give us an example but there's at least a quarter of our guests that say they don't make time for themselves. And I just mm. want to bitch smack them. Cause I'm like, girlfriend, you got to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to. And not just for yourself, for everybody else in your family, because you don't want to walk around your house resentful and angry and exhausted. Nobody wants to be around you that way. So in, for you and your family, you have to realize that you can only give so much before you break. And I can totally relate to like having my eye half open and like my makeup everywhere and throw up on me and being like, I can't do this anymore. So, so I just demanded, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going, I got to take some me time. I'm going for a walk, listen to my headphones, do whatever I got to do to regroup so that I can be the best provider for my family that I can. Amen. Sister. Great advice. 
so good for you for uh, managing it, managing it well. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and, and yes. for also being willing to be um, lighthearted about it too, because it's yes. obviously not a lighthearted situation, but. Right. No, oh. I am. Um, I, lo- <laughs> I, I love you. I love you. I love what you're doing. And Aww. I just want this and go follow you. I can't wait to see where hey. you Hey. Yeah, I'm, we're about to go share your caterpillar eyebrows. Too, <laughs> yeah. That <sounds> hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's exciting. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you. that. All right. Have a great well, day. Well, have a good day. Okay. <laughs> you I too. Thank line. you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a longer one than we normally do, but we just love talking to Tiffany. We could have talked to her all day long. So if you want to get a hold of any of the show notes, you can go over to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 89. And while you're over there, don't forget to visit our um, sponsor post and check out our sponsors for the month there on our homepage and on our sidebar. Thanks so much. Have a great day.